0: Yes. So go up to your live. People looking at you. So go up to log into Christian Warped Okay. Once you log in, go live stream. Mm hmm.
1: It should be a red button next time. YouTube. It start sharing or whatever. Just streaming. click that button. It says stop. We already connected. It says stop. It's already connected. You able to, start to the one Launch widget or click to launch? Yes, yes. Well whatever that red thing says. It. it's stop and you go straight up. From the YouTube stop. Oh. Go straight up to that Okay
2: another screen scroll down
1: that <coughs> screen mm-hmm. and the
2: thing that's highlighted down here on your left will
1: say what step one mm-hmm. I'll get an okay. authorized
2: a little box come up just hit okay
1: share to news feed yeah, don't worry about none of that just hit okay okay next thing that's gonna come up at the very bottom you have step two Okay. Share live stream. Click that. And you're gonna get
3: another window that's gonna be your Facebook one. Okay.
2: So you see the only meeting. Hit that.
1: Make it public. Make okay. it Public
2: and then, uh, copy and paste in both of those windows like this. Okay. The notes, and the title, or whatever that
1: is. Okay. Paste in both of those, and then at the bottom of that, say go no, live. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I need to turn this volume down right or turn off the volume on this thing. Right. The laptop, the laptop. Yeah.
0: hey how y'all doing hi yeah. alvina how are you Alrighty. hey alvina hey
1: i'm just waiting for mine to join on my ipad guys <clears throat> oh did you see my text Chris? Chris okay I don't know why it's not picking up uh-huh.
3: I'm waiting for my iPad to guys.
1: Can you guys hear me?
3: Yeah. Okay. Yes,
1: ma'am. My thing is still spinning, waiting to join. I don't know what's going on.
2: Just to what's going on, they they tearing up these uh, roads and stuff underneath. You don't know what kind of electronic system, I mean, wires and stuff they're hitting underground.
1: Yeah, you're right. I think, guys, I'm going to um, get out and come back in. So don't you guys go anywhere because mine is just spinning. It's not letting me in. Every species of deceptions okay i think i'm in now all right okay good afternoon everyone (laughs) sorry for the technical delays welcome to our um discipleship class and can everybody hear me yes yes ma'am Yes. Uh, welcome to our discipleship class um today we are studying from testimonies for the church um chapter 85 We probably won't get through the whole chapter, but we'll go as far as we can in the time allotted. And uh, if we could um, pray first, um, Paula, would you mind giving us opening prayer?
4: Sure. Sure. Thank you, uh, Father God. For letting us to come together in your name, to study your word, and your, as well as your inspired word, Father God. Pray that the Holy Spirit would be amongst us, open our minds and our hearts, and give us wisdom and understanding. And all those who are tuning in, let them be blessed and give. Uh, let, let this class bring glory to your name. In Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 amen.
1: Thank you so much, Paula. And I'm going to share this. Um Right now, um, well, I don't see it yet, so I'm not gonna share it yet. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started. Um, again, we are studying from chapter 85 of Testimonies for the Church today. And, um, a minute, let me back up because I have it on this morning's devotional. So let me back up into our um, reading for today. And um today we're dealing with uh the health reform. And we've touched on this before. So some of this should not be new material that we're covering that we're going to cover today. And uh I know we're getting started a little bit late today, but uh we're going to just go to our normal time and we'll pick up uh, the following, the week after next with the, the remainder of the chapter because we don't want to hold anybody over longer. So basically uh, she's dealing with the health reform in this uh, chapter. And she's talking about a vision that was given to her in, eight, in the December of 1865. And she says that she was shown that Sabbath keeping people have been negligent in acting upon the light which God has given in regard to health reform. And she said that as a people, we have been too backward to follow in God's opening province as he has chosen to lead us. Um, And then in the next paragraph, she says, there seems to be in them a heart of unbelief. And as this reform restricts the lustful appetite, many shrink back. They have other gods before the Lord. Their taste, their appetite is their God. When the ax is laid at the root of the tree and those who have indulged their depraved appetites at the expense of health are touched, their sin pointed out, their idols shown them, they do not wish to be convinced. And although God's voice should speak directly to them to put away those health-destroying indulgences, some would still cling to the hurtful things which they love. They seem to be joined to their idols, and God will soon say to his angels, let them alone. What do y'all think about that? They're joined to their idols, let them alone. They're ruled by their appetite, basically.
2: Well, I have to admit this week, our, uh, I think last Thursday and this week, uh, I I had to pray for the Lord because he, I I had a caramel cake and I ended up <laughs> having to cut it in squares and I gave my daughter some and I knew I said I should have given her more But I just wanted to be selfish, so I kept some for myself, and after I ate it, I said when I was driving, I ended up getting a little unfocused, and I got lost, and I ended up in St. Charles County, and I had to call my grandson because I don't know how to use his GPS, and he got me back, you know, (laughs) to St. Louis to get me home, and I said I knew better. And I Mm. said, so I, you know, I talked to the Lord and I said, no, I said, that was not meant for me to cut that cake. It was meant for me to give it to her since her birthday was coming. But I got selfish and I ate something that I shouldn't have, knowing that I'm a type 2 diabetic. The last thing I needed was that caramel cake. Mm. So I asked God for forgiveness and I I got more vegetables in this, this week. So I just thank God.
1: So that's a, te- a personal testimony you have to give us. But Pastor, you're not any different than, than some of us. You know, we we may not always eat what we shouldn't eat, but we there are times when we do and we know we shouldn't be eating it. Sometimes it's about what time of the day we eat it. You know, um, not necessarily what we're eating, but sometimes it's about what the time of the day that we're eating We're we eating it too late at night or too late in the evening, or as the case may be. So um, you are not any different than a lot of people. Anybody else have a comment?
0: Yeah, I think that. um, Well, I think that this hits a lot of nails on the head, and I think one of the things she says that people don't believe. I mean, it's proclaiming now. You, you Netflix, have all those documentaries on food. Uh, one of the reasons she asks people to put away flesh foods or animals or uh, meat is because of the disease of the animals. You know, did not about the animals being unclean per se. It's about there being diseases in them. And then in the Bible, there's a verse that said that life is in the blood. And that's true that if the um, animal's disease, blood is diseased and you're eating the animal, you're, you're subjected to getting the diseases that the animal has. So I think that um, we don't, I believe that a whole lot of reasons why we're not necessarily following um, the health message or even trying, you know, to follow it is because we don't truly believe it. We don't believe that it's important. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm going to say this too, this is really, y'all probably gonna jump on me about this, but you know, this goes back also to sickness and illness. You know, when we're eating this stuff and we get sicker and sicker and sicker and we're coming to god and saying bless me or you know help me but we're not doing the thing let's say it like this the prayer needs to be to help me control my appetite because the bible says the tongue is an unruly member who can tame it but god we have no control over it and it takes some sincere prayer to change amen it takes so it's not easy it's difficult i'm you know, in the process of changing mind as well. And, you know, like you said, um, stuff is put before you and you just end up eating a thing that's not right. So
3: I think we read in the well, we've we read it before in Sabbath school that there is no righteousness in us, righteousness only comes from God. And it's the same way with anything that you're battling against that you have to ask God to give you the victory. One of the things that we always talk about in this class is our heart's intent. What is your intent? Is your intent to do as God leads you to do? Is your intent truly to follow his message? Because we all need help. And the Lord says that he knows that we're but dust. And of ourselves, we can do nothing. So when we make a determined effort, uh, God will give us strength to overcome. That might not happen, you know, exactly when we want it. But I have seen progress, you know, over time where at first I would really struggle with something that I like. And then as I prayed and continued to do the best I could, uh, falling short on occasion, you know, and, and now it doesn't even bother me certain things that I used to like. So we have to recognize that it's God's spirit in us that's gonna give us the victory. Especially sometimes it's kind of tough when we put ourselves in a situation uh where we might say, right around Thanksgiving, right? Oh, I'm going to go on a, a spiritual fast, you know, not the day before Thanksgiving. That ain't a good time to start that, you know, so don't put yourself in trouble, but remember that it's through God that we can get the victory.
0: Mm-hmm. And the okay. this, uh, thing right here, it says uh, um, they have other gods before the Lord. Their taste, their appetite is their God, and when the acts and this is the difference between struggling and battling with this uh, appetite thing. Um, their taste or appetite is their God. And when the is lay at the root of the tree, and those who have indulged their depraved appetites at the expense of health are touched, their seeing pointed out their idols shown them they do not wish to be convinced. And although God's voice should speak directly to them to put away these health-destroying indulgences, Some will still cling to the hurtful things which they love. So even when it's pointed out to them and, um, you know, they understand clearly, they'll just hang on to it. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. It said a little bit above where Lakita was just reading, there seems to be in them a heart of unbelief. And she was saying, people don't really believe it makes a difference, but everything that you eat or drink, put in your body, it's going to make a difference. It might be small, it might be large. But if you uh, read your medical books or, you know, maybe you've read some doc- seen some documentaries, your body is truly fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you increase a certain chemical or a certain mineral or vitamin, it makes a change in your body. But some people don't believe fat meets greasy, as they say. And yeah. so they continue uh, just basically indulging lustful appetite. And many times when you come to a person and you say, Hey, you know, uh, I was reading this book and it talks about the benefits of drinking water, you know, instead of coffee and soda and stuff, then they don't want to do it because they like drinking soda. They like drinking coffee and their lustful appetite still has the rule over their uh, mind. And we have to get to that point where our minds rule over our body and not vice versa.
1: Absolutely. Amen. We hear the phrase. Um, By beholding, we become changed. But just listening to you, Lee, uh, we should also add, by eating and drinking, we become changed.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they say you are what you eat, right? Mm -hmm, Right. Uh, Next paragraph. uh, Before you you go on, at the very top, you had read, I was shown that our Sabbath-keeping people have been negligent, acting upon the light which God has given in regard to health reform. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's always kind of funny because we get into discussions about how Adventist Church came up with all these health, you know, God blessed the church to to invent all these health reforms and stuff. But the church family just didn't follow through. And now we look around at Morningstar and Gardein and Silk Soy Milk and all these big companies that could have been the church's, you know, property and company. Amen folks mm-hmm. didn't follow through on it
4: and now mm-hmm. we're just
3: kind of looking over across the fence at how green the other people's grass is well, mm-hmm. that though you know
0: bring it down to even a smaller level just looking at and i'm not i don't want I'm, I'm not judging anybody at all but i'm just looking at how people have grabbed hold to veganism when we're looking out there at these messages you know like people have you know, like high blood pressure and stuff. We've had we've had our different types of um, different types of um, sanitariums forever. That's like came right with the church and stuff. And we're not using those to get well or anything. So it's just it's, it's all through the church's unbelief or uh, this lack of practice that we have this information and just not taking any steps towards it. You know, that I think it's kind of a little frustrating, too, you know, because when you're trying to do it, like, uh, I think Pastor Hunter, he started the process of, let's try to eat healthier in the fellowship dinner. You know, literally, he got kicked back from that stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, they wanted to have that sugary drink. Everybody knows sugary drinks are not good. You get more calories in that stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'm not just
0: talking about sodas, <laughs> just sugary drinks, you know, uh, Orange juice is not good for you, grape juice, you just can't drink that stuff like it's
3: water. But it's kind of funny, she just mentioned <laughs> the, the um, dinners at church. And again, not speaking to nobody personally, but we had the, the uh, one gallon container of cucumber water or water with some orange slices in it. And that would still be sitting there after dinner but mm-hmm. the five gallon thing of soda and is gone. The juice. The red juice. Red juice was gone. Right.
2: Red drink. Well, you yeah. know, I, I I think too in red. our I think too in our Sabbath school lesson when he talks about living in a two a twenty four seven society, we've gotten to the point and I said and I and I had to catch myself when my grandkids were small. I said, instead of wanting to sit down and cook, it's like you're already travelling, so you just okay, let me just stop somewhere and pick up something. And then they started supersizing and enlarging stuff. So I said, you know, it's like by the time you put large doses of that stuff, like French fries and stuff, I said, you don't think about it because it's really no nutritional value in it because if you use a baked potato, you would have, you know, and my, my mother used to say, eat the skin. That's where the nutrition is. And we didn't want that.
0: hmm Yeah. That's that's exactly right. You know, it's it's just like if we um that that just needs to be part of becoming a, a better Christian is eating better food. Just eating better.
3: That's kind of funny because seemed like supersizing directly came from the devil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Okay. Down in uh the next paragraph, four six oh, four has- eighty.
3: Before you go, we're going to be stuck on this all day. Before (laughs) you go there, Lakita mentioned the sanitariums. You know, but uh, many of our members, if they are having illness or whatever, will refuse to go to a sanitarium. They don't even think about it. They don't want to hear about it. They just want to go to the doctor and get an operation or take a pill. When God is telling us, He created the body, and here's how you can. Uh, solve the problems. Here's how you can prevent problems. Here's how you can solve problems. But people would rather just go the way of the world and do whatever's fastest and whatever allows me to keep doing what I'm doing. That's what people want to do. In fact, some people have, you know, they'll get uh, operation, but they'll go right back to their old bad there habits and they write back go. where they started from. There
0: you go. You, mm-hmm. have, you gotta change something. You cannot it just doesn't even make sense to keep doing, what is it, the um, definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing, inspect a different result. Yes, you go and get the, you know, you go and get the um, surgery. And then you, know, you may take some supportive medication, but then some research has to be done. I, usually, I, I recently got my blood test and I saw that my white blood cell count is right at the bottom. So you, let's say you have a range from one to four. I don't know what the real range is, but four and four. And my range was at one for white blood cell count. Well, okay, so now I'm gonna go online and see what foods help to create white blood cells. I need to eat that, green leafy vegetables and something else I had, zinc and um, vitamin B12. So you go and you put this stuff in your diet because, and when I look at it, it's like, yeah, I am missing that stuff, got zinc right in there. In my closet, I'm not eating that. I probably not eating foods with zinc in it if there, if it's like that. But what I'm saying is, if you we have to do our part, we really do. And um, and I don't know that healing is that difficult if we just do our part. You know, go on that and see what what do I need to do? What am I missing in my diet that is causing this or perpetuates this problem? You know, what what thoughts am I having? That's making me, you know, that's uh, keeping this problem in my system. What do I need to change? What's what about my lifestyle? Am I sleeping right? Am I in work? You, that's a job to do. And I think that's where that unbelief comes in it, because I believe we're so disconnected from our bodies that we don't recognize that our food contributes to our health or to our illness. Mm-hmm. We're not as disconnected, so we don't have a Belief. That's why people drink a half a gallon of soda at one city, and then go back and they think they're giving you something, another half a gallon of, of sugar water for free. That's because you're going to buy a hamburger to go with it when you get it. So, but anyway, enough of my My passion for health.
3: But, you know, (laughs) now the truth is with the Internet, all that information is at the touch of your fingertips. At the
0: touch of your fingertips. So before
3: you go to the doctor, well, you know, you want to always take care of your health. If you got a good doctor, stick with him and uh, speak to him. But you can look up, hey, I'm having, you know, headaches. What contributes to headaches? What are there out there that will uh, get rid of a headache? What can I do at home? to get rid of it before you go in for brain surgery, because you might not need brain surgery. You just might need to eat more of a certain vegetable or something. They had uh, used to be, y'all remember back in the day, not too long ago, there used to be more missionary, uh, medical missionaries come around St. Louis. And I think Paula, you were at Berean when they used to come to Berean, uh, Dr. Jackson and them, they would talk to you about health and how to enhance your health, how to prevent illness. And they used to sing this song about, uh, would you rather have a a fence at the top of the cliff or an ambulance Mm -hmm. down below? At the bottom. And it was talking about your health. Would you rather have prevent bad health, prevent illness, or do you want to try and get rid of illness after the fact? So Mm -hmm. they was telling the story about the city The people kept falling off the cliff and instead of the city building a fence at the top of the cliff to prevent it they just put an ambulance at the bottom to take the people that fell to the hospital and that's how people handle their health
0: and one more thing i want to say too and this is the last thing i'm gonna say we're
3: just running your show today i'm
0: sorry this is good this is good stuff you know check this out so i went to see visit uh my doctor recently and we got to talking about, you know, um, health stuff. So I had told him some health things that I was doing, which he was very excited about. Then in one of my visits, he told me, hey, I'm doing this stuff that you're doing, you know? And he was looking thinner, happier, just full of life. You know, I was like, really? You know, I'm thinking to myself, he's doing better than me, right? So then <laughs> recently I was talking to him for another visit. That was a couple of years ago. So I was at another hospital, um, another visit with him. And we was talking again, he was like, yeah, you like the poster child for this natural remedy stuff. He said, you, you're really good. He said, uh, you know, some of my people, they go to other doctors and the doctors tell them, if you're gonna do that natural remedy stuff, you gotta get out of our practice. We're not gonna deal with that. And they just come to me and I'm like, yeah, I'll take you. You know, I'll take you and stuff. And so he was saying, they just being rude. And he, will, he went into something like, these, these big pharmaceutical companies, know that they are not doing people any good he mm-hmm. said they know they are not doing good and they are not even trying to get anything that will help people and so that was very interesting for a medical doctor to say that you know and stuff and so i've told him i was going to give him some uh, information to uchi pines and he asked me because some of his clients called me for you know to talk about natural remedies i'm like yeah they can call me and talk about natural, remedies. but i'm saying You know, don't be deceived, don't be, I'm not, I'm literally, I believe in all of it. I believe in medicine. If you don't have the faith to do total natural remedies, do natural remedies and medicine. But the most important thing is to try to help yourself as much as you can use your food, use the um, herbs that are out there, use exercise, water, fresh air to get well because medicine is not intended for you to get well, it's to alleviate symptoms. Mm it's to stop if you're mm-hmm. you, if you keep doing what you're doing you are keep being sick so we have to change some things
3: and i forget which verse but the lord says your food shall be medicine your food mm-hmm. shall be your medicine mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations mm-hmm. what about that one right
0: right mm-hmm. right and you know what that tree is <laughs> you it, they're talking about isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. We even have to be going through some healing process as a result of sin when we get to heaven.
1: Mm-hmm. And Lee, regarding your tree and fence story, mm-hmm. it is we, we live in a well in America, we live in a capitalist society. Right. And so it only takes one budget to build a fence, but it takes, you know, you can make much more money mm-hmm. continually sending the ambulance there to take them to the hospital, yeah. which which is the ambulance—it's the all the medical bills. It's all the medicines. After that, it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a you know, it's a big business. It is to ju- to just have the ambulance instead of the fence.
0: But on the flip side of the, that, Karen, if we did prevention, it's big money in that too. We just have to figure out what it is. You know, you may not have oncologists <laughs> and chemotherapy and radiation, but it's you know, it's still money to be made. Because there's people, and they're going to need something. If there's nothing more than tennis shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, and, you know, speaking of since it's the Fourth of July holiday, I went into Sam's, and my expectation was when I get there, you know, when I get there, there's not going to be very much water left. Do you know, I looked at the shelf, all the Kool-Aid and the, Kool, uh, cool what is the little drinks that little kids have and stuff, those shelves were empty, and here said all this water. And I was like, thank you, Lord, because I didn't want them to say, you know, you can only get one. I was like, man, nobody wants to buy water. I I was just happy to get two cases, but I just you know, I looked at that, I said, My goodness. I said, You don't see any of, you know, of the sweet stuff. And I, I said them shelves were empty, but the water was excessive. That's
0: a that's a witness to everybody walking up there because you know some the Holy Spirit was like, Get you some water. <laughs>
3: Oh, man. that's
1: good patsy we all need to drink more water uh, paragraph 46.2 uh, she says that the health reform message is part of the third angel's message and it's closely connected with it's as closely connected with it as the arm and hand are with the human body and she said i saw that we as a people must make an advanced move with this great work ministers and people must act in concert but she said God's people are not prepared for the loud cry of the third angel. They have a work to do for themselves that they should not leave for God to do for them. He has left this work for them to do. And then just going down, but having therefore the individual work, having therefore these promises dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. She said gluttony is the prevailing sin of this age lustful appetites make slaves of men and women be clouds their intellects and stupefies their moral sensibilities to such a degree that the sacred elevated truths of god's word are not appreciated and the lower propensities have ruled over men and women um you know it's funny because i have a story similar to yours patsy is that um not recently but I had decided um, back a a few years back that I wasn't going to eat sweets on the Sabbath because I said, you know what? I want to be able to appreciate and meditate upon the word and the services uh, on the Sabbath. And so I stopped eating sweets on the Sabbath. Well, Friday through uh, I would eat them on Sunday. I wouldn't eat them Friday or Sabbath. Because I did find that when I ate sweets, my my vision would get, I mean, depending on what sweet I ate and how much sugar was in it, of course, but my vision would get a little blurred. My thinking wasn't as clear. And um, I just made that decision that I wanted wanted to be able to appreciate the message and be able to remember it and meditate on it. And uh, I think it did help. I think it helped me uh, during that period. I also used to... um, I also used to take sermon notes, which which, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, <laughs> I don't do that right now. But uh, all of that helped me to better, better be able to appreciate the word on the Sabbath. So it does make a difference. It definitely does make a difference. The choices that we make.
2: Yeah, because, you know, Karen, even after uh Darryl got me home, I ended up laying down and usually, you know, I have certain times that I study different stuff. And I, I I couldn't study for like a couple I mean, it must have been about four or five hours Because when mm-hmm. I laid down, I slept And I got back up and I said I missed all my studying time Because of, you know th- Just not doing what God told me Not to touch that cake mm-hmm. It's hard,
0: man. You have to really pray You really have to pray about that
2: appetite girl. What what Was the cake good, Patsy? I didn't need that caramel cake And I was just being <laughs> selfish I was being selfish. I know that girl should have had that cake, but I just was determined to cut it, and I was gonna eat it.
3: Well, that kind of (laughs) what you read about gluttony, the prevailing sin, goes Mm -hmm. right back to supersizing and stuff. And uh, remember back in the, I think, the late seventies, the big gulp at Seven Eleven, water soda or something, people was drinking three or four or five or six a day. And mm-hmm. it's just gluttony. Like, why would a three-year-old need a family size order of McDonald's fries? Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just pure gluttony. And I think they uh yeah, it's it's just something that people have been taught and advertisers put out there. And I sometimes think it's unfair that advertisers use psychology on you to get you to buy their products, but they do. It's not an equal playing field. They use all kinds of tricks to get you to run out and buy stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they ever invent smell a vision, it's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> smell the food coming through your teeth. You're tea. right.
1: You're Everybody's right. Everybody's
3: gonna be running out to get you're
1: it. right. You know what's funny too, Lee? It's all the jingles of the food that I don't even eat, you know, that, that are in your head. You know mm-hmm. them. Like, uh-huh, in your cup. You know what? Those kind of jingles. <laughs> I was trying to say the name Patsy, <laughs> but yeah, all those little jingles about food and those things that you didn't learn
2: purposely—you
1: just know them. Yeah, it's from the well, you know.
2: You know, I used to teach child development. We got to the section on teaching kids how to eat right. I, I had them bring in boxes at their house if they had little sisters and brothers. And they just, I mean, it's so much colorful stuff they put on them boxes. Half the kids, they go for the cartoon pictures and the colors and stuff. And you do have kids that will fall out in the store when parents don't get it. And you're like, they really don't know really what's inside it. They just know, I want that because I'm going to just say like Superman's on the box or credible Hulk's on the box. Mm-hmm.
3: You're right. Aaron, you were talking about the uh, commercials that you don't even try to hear, but somehow they sink into your mind, and that's one of the reasons. When I hear those medical commercials about a new drug and all the side effects, I turn it off. I don't want none of that sinking into my head that my back hurts or my neck right, hurts, right, or you right. know, I got ulcers. I don't want none of that unconsciously sinking into my brain. Yeah, like
0: I told my brother one time. <laughs> They was talking about restless leg syndrome. I said, restless leg syndrome. I told my brother, I said, it sounds like exercising while I'm asleep. I said, can't be that bad.
3: <laughs> Might be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling
0: you, yeah, you know, you have to be so careful, really careful
2: what you expose your brain to. But what gets me is they'll tell you go get this stuff. Then they list all the side effects, and I'm like, Well, who wants to go get it? And then you're going to tell me all this stuff may happen when maybe I (laughs) just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: And you know what they say, those medicines, they say, oh, this medicine has this or that side effect, but it's not a side effect. It's the actual effect of the medicine. That's what it does. They know it, but they're willing to put your oh, life yeah, at risk you know. to, to sell it to you to make millions of dollars. They don't care about your health.
0: How much sense does this make that uh, if you find out, let's say, you're taking the medicine for depression, could cause severe depression and suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation and suicide really i I was just depressed, and I took the medicine, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got all the rest of it right, right,
1: and got all know, of that added
3: on, yeah, and what's ridiculous too is they'll say um you know you want you you want medicine for an upset stomach, then they say it may cause upset stomach
0: mm-hmm. right right a mm-hmm. uh, 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 mm-hmm. bleeding ulcers. <laughs> Or or colon cancer, you know, and all you had was an upset stomach. But I do want to say this just because, because I know someone out there may be suffering from something that they can easily, you know, remedy. For example, depression. Um, So if you're in the dark house, open your curtains. Let the sun shine in. If you're eating a lot of sugar, cut it out of your diet. Less sugar. Cut it down as much as possible. Don't listen to sad music. Sad music is not good for you. You know, it just makes you more sad. And for God's sake, watch what you're looking at on TV. Maybe some um, comedy will be good or something happy. And then thinking about happy thoughts. It's a lot of things you can do on your own to overcome depression and stuff. I would never say to anybody, get off your medicine. But I definitely would add these things in if you are on medicine for depression. I would add that stuff in to help yourself, you know, maybe at some point, get off of medicine. Because, you know, they get on these prescriptions and it's like, you can never get off of it. It's like, what's, what's the getting off process? What am I, what, you know, where do we this end that?
3: They don't want you to get off because they got to pay for their new car.
0: Well, I don't believe that about the doctors. I'm just going to say, I don't mm-hmm. want to believe that. I it's just, proven that
3: doctors get kickbacks for medicine.
0: Some doctors, I think there's nice doctors out there too. I believe that, that there's some good people out there.
1: Um, okay, so um, the next paragraph, um, she's talking about how to be fitted for translation. She says, we must know ourselves and we must understand in regard to our physical frames that we may be able to proclaim with the psalmist. I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made And we should ever always have the appetite and subjection to the moral and intellectual organs the body should be servant to the mind and not the mind to the body, which is, I think what one of you mentioned earlier is that, you know, we let our appetites rule over us instead of us ruling over our appetites mm. and, uh, that gets the, the better of us, you know, and here's the thing, you know, anything that gets the better of us other than the Holy Spirit and, and the word of God is an idol.
0: Yeah.
1: and and, and, and we need to let it go and we need to pray about that thing and cooperate with the Holy Spirit that we might be released from that because we don't, we don't want any idols. We don't, we don't want the Lord saying, let them alone. They're joined to their idols, yeah. you know? And uh, so it's something you said to me earlier, or maybe it was Akita, talking about people who get surgeries. And, uh, you know, I've known a few people that have gotten that that stomach surgery. But then as you said, Lee, they that doesn't change their mindset. That just right. changes how much food right. can go into their body at a time. And they either end up making themselves sick or over time, their stomach just expands again because they continue to put so much food in it all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: haven't changed how they
0: eat. And even, you know, like people say, okay like for example um cancer is genetics right so everybody's afraid now well what people don't look at as well is behavioral problems and eating patterns and the way you manage stress all of that is passed down too because you're observing your parents as children and if you know they get upset they go to the refrigerator and they're eating that's what you're going to more than likely do as well so we instead of uh, exploring you know, we don't even explore the behavioral patterns that we're we're subjected to from childhood to adulthood that sets our bodies up for all of this. I had, um, saw this special on TV where this family they had found out that they um, their grandmother died from stomach cancer, mother died from stomach, uncles and aunts died from stomach cancer. So they deduced that they they did the uh, research on them and they had the gene the genetic um, disposition for stomach cancer. So all these people, went, except one person, went and got their, that part of their stomach cut out to prevent stomach cancer, and he didn't. Mm. So as a result, their stomach was so short, they could not get enough of nutrition. So they had to have, like, stack the table full of food and sit there and eat constantly because their stomach was too small Hmm. to handle or hold enough of nutrition in one meal. So now Hmm. their whole job was just to eat in order to stay alive.
1: Hmm. Wow. I knew a lady.
0: Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. I was going to say, I knew a lady in Huntsville um, uh, from Oakwood, where her husband worked at Oakwood. I don't remember if she actually worked at Oakwood or not. And um, she had to have surgeons uh, on her stomach and they took out most of her stomach. Now hers was not from overeating or anything. She had a medical condition and, um, she could only eat like a spoonful at a time. So Mm. she had to pretty much eat all day too. But hers again was not from overeating. You know, she, she just, I I don't, I can't remember if she had stomach cancer or what exactly. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was something that I'm sure she would not have chosen, you know, had she had a choice in that Mm -hmm. Um, she was, it was a Filipino woman too. Wonderful cook (laughs) too. And so she would still cook a lot of food for other people, but she couldn't eat it herself like that. Did Um, she lose weight? Did she lose um, weight? I was pretty young at the time. So I don't remember that part of it. Mm-hmm.
2: well you All know
0: people, uh was... go ahead
2: Nancy. you know sister karen when when i prayed to the lord and i, I, I listened to him as he replied back to me when i lay down i said the uh it wasn't long i think that the next week that i you know like i said i increased my vegetables but then and i won't use their names but a brother and sister left some food on my on my, on my porch And when I got in and I opened it up, I said, I saw the little individual containers of vegetables and stuff. I said, the Lord was so good to me that he sent the Holy Spirit to let me know you did wrong. But I still loved you enough that I touched the heart of a brother and sister. And I want to say they spouses, too, that they knew that it was just something that God sent for me from them. And I said, only the Holy Spirit could have did that after I disobeyed God.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Isn't that how, how much he loves us? Isn't that nice? He just yes. loves us so much, you know, and he knows that we are, but dust and that it's, you know, our, the enemy of our souls is so, you know, we're just so outranked and it's so easy for us to forget we have help in heaven, that there's you know, our father and our brother in heaven is just so willing to love on us and take care of us and stuff. But I have prayed for my appetite and it has gotten in much, much better than it used to be much better. And I still pray because I'm still not where I need to be, but it takes prayer. It takes some diligence. It does. It,
1: It absolutely takes prayer. And, and, you know, we have to be willing to give that thing over to the Lord. Even even just to pray, but then still get up, keep eating the same way and eating the same things, you know, it takes prayer to ask the, you know, ask the Lord for the victory, you know, and then cooperate as the Holy Spirit says, okay, you know, yeah, like, like, like Patsy, you were saying, Holy Spirit will tell you, mm, no, not that, you know, or something like that and, and to listen and to obey,
3: yeah. you know. I agree. You shouldn't You shouldn't take appetite for granted. It's not an easy thing to, to deal with, which is, of course, why the devil used it against Adam and Eve, as well as against Jesus, because it's a hard thing to fight against appetite. If you've grown up eating a certain way, it's hard to switch over. You know, it takes time. It takes effort. You really have to pray about it. You really have to work at it. But God is able to give you the victory. Right. Absolutely.
1: Over, over every idol in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, we're gonna, cover, we're gonna go down to the next paragraph and then I think we'll stop here for, for today. Um, in the middle of that paragraph, she's, well, at the beginning of that paragraph, she's just talking about um, a particular doctor that has been doing a great and good work in the treatment of disease and enlightening all who have, whose lives have been in ignorance in regard to eating, drinking, and working Um, And she said, God in his mercy has given his people light through his humble instrument, which as she was referring to the doctor, I guess. In order to overcome disease, they must deny a depraved appetite and practice temperance in all things. He has caused great light to shine upon their pathway. And then further down, she says, the peculiar people whom he is purifying unto himself to be translated to heaven without seeing death should not be behind others in good works in their efforts to cleanse themselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. They should be as far ahead of any other class of people on the earth as their profession is more exalted than that of others." And uh, that's interesting because, you know, we find that the world is ahead of us in, 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 in um, health foods and, and producing health foods, Um, probably sometimes also in exercising and getting the proper amount of rest and exercising. And I don't, that is not God's plan for his people to be behind in any of those things.
3: No, we're called to be the head, not the tail.
1: Right. Absolutely. And And we should absolutely be, uh, turn that off. We should absolutely be uh, in the, in the forefront, carrying the torch and not, uh, dropping the ball (laughs) in the back. So
3: I think speaking. sometimes we we have uh, what we call the truth that God gives us, and we want to hold it for church members, but the truth is good for everybody to learn, whether it's spiritual truth or uh, health, you know, remedies and natural remedies, etc. Mm-hmm. Whatever truth God shares with us, we should be willing to share with others, and that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, form a company and sell it, sell it for a profit, but sometimes I think the church has members feel like no that's just for Adventists to know about, no it's not, it's for everybody to know about.
0: I'm not even thinking, we're not even there where we can say that they think that the majority of us are even thinking about if it's for the church. We are, and I really hate to say this, but there was a person who came to you know a church meeting and they were talking about the effects of cheese, what was it, meat on the body I think, in, and somehow how it was affecting the body. And we had members, you know, they were, you've been growing up with it. These are not new people who've never heard of they have missed, but they were in the back and they were refuting and arguing and, you know, terrorizing the poor person up front with their facts and with what they thought about it. Jesus ain't meeting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we're not even at a place to even talk about sharing it with someone else. We're trying to get to a place where we can talk about believing it, believing the information, and then leading out, because we're not even there yet. Mm. I mean, you know, it, or it's always something, you know, one group is another. you know, well, if they vegan or vegetarian, they're mean. Come on.
3: It's always competition. You know, but even know. those people who give those seminars, spread out. Don't just go to Adventist churches with it. Go everywhere with it.
0: Mm
1: Mhm. Yeah. Yes, it's true. And that's true. And God, as you said, God gives us light to share it, not to hold on to it. And 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 there are people that need the information that would grasp a hold to it if it was shared with them. You know, whereas some of our people in our church, because they've heard it, they are lukewarm about it at this point. It's like, yeah, whatever, I know, but you know, still. I'm going to do what I want to do, do whatever I feel like doing. That's the or, bottom line.
0: Well, I don't see it. You know, that's very. it's so interesting to me, you know, in the hospital, suffering, you know, back and forth to the doctor's office and didn't have no, like, not connecting anything, you know, this does not connect with that. hmm
3: Well, it has, I think you might have read this, Karen. In order to overcome disease, they must deny a depraved appetite and practice mm-hmm. temperance in all things. A lot of people just they don't want to do that they don't mm-hmm. want to deny themselves you know just like with uh, people refusing to wear a mask a simple thing right. oh you infringe my freedom well if you tell somebody hey you know that's not the best thing to eat well you infringe my freedom
0: it's just i mean it's or <laughs> or this this is what i really hear from you know church people, christians i'm gonna trust god really you know i mean it's like you it's crazy to me, you know, it's, I'm, a, well, I'm gonna eat this, even though everything says, you know, to eat this can cause high blood pressure, heart disease, cancer, it says all of that, and I am eat this, and I said my grace over it. I'm just gonna trust God, really,
3: that's what people say, that's why we say grace, so you can eat anything, you can
0: eat anything, mm-hmm.
3: and I, I well, know, y'all, y'all probably had, remember this yourself, but uh Elder Cleveland was telling how a family invited him over for dinner after church. And the person said, Elder Cleveland, you uh, want to give the blessing? And he said the people was eating all kind of stuff, you know, hog and pig feet and chillings and all kind of stuff that he, that church members, you know, who have, have heard the doctrines know you shouldn't be eating. So he, they asked him to say the prayer. And he prayed, uh, Lord, if you can bless that which you have already cursed, <laughs> go ahead and do it. Mm, wow. <laughs> blessings. Not, he told you not to eat that stuff in the first place. Now you're trying to ask for a blessing like Balaam.
0: Mm-hmm. Told you
3: not to do it in the first place.
0: Holly, did you have something I thought
3: you wanted
4: to say? Something. Oh, yeah. Um, just using uh cultural colloquialisms. Um I sit down like, a family dinners, it could be a church gathering, it doesn't matter. I will see our some of our Seniors, well, I'm going to say seniors, um, it, you know, it could be even people our age sit down with a plate piled high with, you know, macaroni and cheese. It doesn't have to, you know, this could be a vegetarian plate, you know, oh, whatever gravy and rolls with butter and blah, blah, blah. And then right next to them, they've got there again, using our colloquialisms, uh, a sugar peel a high blood pressure pill and, you know, a water pill that they have to take with that meal as if that's going to eradicate what they're doing you know, such so changing their behavior. And uh, I noticed from personal experience that some of the older people in my family, well, even people at church, They'll complain, you know, pray for me, I'm going to have the surgery for this and that and the other, or I need to get this and that under control. But when we have fellowship dinner, you know, they send a child up for their second piece of cake or whatever, and then it's like, oh, I know I'm not supposed to have it, but you gotta live sometime. As if that's a, you know, you gotta treat yourself sometime. That whole way of thinking is self-destructive.
0: It is self-destructive, it is. And it's like, you know, it comes down to loving yourself enough to take care of yourself. And you know what I have um, been sick before and the way sickness comes upon you sometimes is so um, quiet. That is a better word for it that, you know, you're little by little getting sick and sick and sicker, and you don't realize it because you are accommodating the illness. For example, you know, you walk up the steps and you out of breath and that gets worse and worse until you stop going down the steps, right? You know, or you you um, used to be able to go outside and pick your greens and stuff and now you just don't do a garden because I can't get out there because I'm, you know, huffing and puffing or whatever. We accommodate the illness and sometimes, and that's when you end up going into the hospital too rather than when we first notice something that's not right. get I mean, might say you shouldn't use your yeah you shouldn't use the internet but it's some pretty good information out there get out there read several different articles because the one or two things that keep coming up those are the things i'm definitely going to do but you know um it's just it's kind of sad to see people us who have the message and i know it's just sin on earth and people get sick because sin is here that's just the bottom line. you, you know, probably going to have something because sin is on earth. But it's really sad when, when like you say, Paula, you know, you see people, they know they're diabetic and you see all this stuff going on at church and you try to do the right thing, try to have the right food. I, I remember I took some scrambled tofu to church just to, you know, give people an alternative to scrambled eggs. You know, that could be a good thing to add into your diet. We were
3: doing the breakfast for Sabbath school thing. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And then some people like, I ain't eating that. You know. <laughs> 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 tofu. I'm not eating that girl. That's some good tofu. I'm like, I can make tofu. I uh, I've gotten even better now, Karen. Karen say, Ain't nobody ever tasted it. How do we know?
3: But you know, along with what uh, Paula was talking about, people taking pills while they're eating the stuff to counteract the pills with, you know, uh, it's like we had went on an outreach uh, years ago at a cancer center for veterans. And the veterans, you know, some of them had lung cancer and was had down to one lung. They were outside smoking cigarettes. It uh, uh, was uh, like, oh, my goodness, these people, just a plain addiction to it. You know, and, uh, and it was just sad because people see that they are harming themselves. But it's like ain't nothing they can do about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And you stopped. know
0: like we went to see my brother he he passed from cancer and we were at the seitzman center whatever cancer center and walking up there is a doctor outside of the cancer treatment center smoking a cigarette i was just mad <laughs> immediately i was just annoyed it's like not only are you killing yourself but you out here killing other people too you know you're in mm-hmm. front of a cancer center it's crazy oh,
3: Sand, yeah.
1: Man. Yeah. I remember. Um,
3: appetite.
1: I remember a friend of mine, her brother was dying from brain cancer and uh, he ended up in a facility and I was asked to bring some cigarettes up there to him. I was like, nope, <laughs> not doing that. It's just kind of
3: crazy. Know, one of mm-hmm. the things that the world is still waiting on. And if somebody invented, they're going to be a trillionaire, a fat pill. Mm -hmm. You can eat all you want, take this pill and not gain any weight. Mm
1: -hmm. People still
3: waiting on that.
1: Mm -hmm. I think you're right about that. I might be one of the ones.
3: You going to invent it?
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? If the Lord gives me that, yes, I would. Um, Okay, we're going to stop there for today. And so next class on testimonies, we're going to pick up uh, paragraph 487.2 uh leave tell us what we're studying for next week
3: hold on you said 487.2 uh-huh okay uh next week we're in the book heaven chapter 12 and we're um talking about the people who will not be there in heaven and we're going to start on paragraph 112.2 okay One twelve point two.
1: All right, we want to thank everyone for joining us today for our discipleship class. We hope to see you again next week. And uh, I'm going to pray us out and I pray that all of you have a very blessed and prosperous week. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for another day and another Sabbath day. We thank you for bringing us safely through another week. We thank you for this lesson, Lord, and the principles about our health that we need to glean from it. And hopefully, the things that we changes that we need to make in our lives, Lord, in order to be healthier and in order to be among those looking for your blessed return. I pray, Father God, that you would help each one of us throughout this week. Lord, help us to uh, put into practice the things that we already know and the things that we may have learned today, Lord. And I just pray that you would prepare us and seal us for your courts above. Watch over us throughout the week, Lord, and Bring us all back on next Sabbath to continue our studies in the book, Heaven, Lord Jesus, and help us to make our calling and election sure. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: Amen.
1: All right. All right.
4: Everyone have a blessed week.